There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For you are one in Christ Jesus. Hello, friends. Welcome to yours, mine, and ours. Stories of faith and life. Stories are like windows to people's deepest self and inner life. Through our stories, we share who we are and what God has done and is doing in our lives. Thanks to our guest, we will have a fantastic opportunity of listening to funny, engaging, and profound stories of regular people, like you and me, in their journey with Jesus. Don't miss it out, and join us! Hello, Springfield Heights family and friends again! Uh, this is a new episode of Yours, Mine, and Ours, Stories of Faith and Life. And today, I have the privilege to be with uh, another friend and a member of our congregation. His name is David Penner. Welcome, David. Good to be here. Hi, Jose. Good. Well, uh, David was born in Chaco, Paraguay. Uh, yeah. A lot of people in our congregation come from the from the, uh, Paraguay. Uh, you moved to Canada in 1991. Uh, you have been for a while a bus city driver. I would love to hear some stories later, perhaps, about it. It seems interesting. <laughs> um, you are married to Lydia. You have two adult uh, boys at this point. They are both married. You are a grandparent as well. And you like golfing, fishing, and watching sports. I've seen your golfing skills, but never seen your fishing skills. So that would be another thing that we we'll love to know about you. Uh, and you have been related to our congregation for about 20 years. So that's a long time. So welcome here, David. It's, I'm so glad to have you here with us. Let's imagine that you, David, are in an interview job at this moment. And, and someone asks you, David, tell me about yourself. What can you say? About you, yeah, uh, I thought about that one quite a bit. Uh, uh-huh. What can I say? Uh, had it been a little bit, bit a little while back, I would probably have been more confident with myself uh-huh. than I'm right now. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, married to Lydia, like uh-huh. you said. I am a father of uh, two adult boys, and uh, obviously, we have two. Uh, uh, Two girls, like the uh, the wives of our boys, right. right? And then we have two grandsons, and uh, yeah, I'm. A, I would say I'm a proud father. I'm a proud granddad to the boys, and uh, I just love my family. That is something amazing to hear. Actually, we don't. You know what? We don't hear many people say, "I'm a proud father." Thank you for saying that. I I, I think uh, uh, your boys will uh, will appreciate also <laughs> when you listen to this. Where did you live when you were a child? I think you were raised in Chaco, right? In Paraguay. Can you tell me about the Chaco? I've never been there. I never uh, have uh, the privilege to go and visit Paraguay. So what can you tell me about uh, that place? Well, I grew up in, in a Mennonite colony, right? Uh-huh. And um, just uh, to put it in a perspective, uh, it is... Uh, kind of a secluded place. Let's okay. say it is a gated uh, community, uh-huh. right? Where uh, only at my time when I was a boy or so, there were only Mennonites that lived in that area. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I was born uh, in the closest hospital that was at that time, okay. which, was abo- which was in Paratodo. Okay. And, uh, but I grew up in Lolita, uh, which is uh, a town between... Uh, Let's say between between Paratodo and Loma Plata. Loma Plata is the main uh, yes. place for for Mano, right? That is as a name that sounds familiar to me. Yeah. So <laughs> and but in between that there is Lolita, uh-huh. uh, and that's where I grew up. And is there anything special about Lolita? Any memory that you, that you remember with uh, a lot of love, or perhaps about uh, that place? Well. Um, you know, when when we grew up, everything was was special, uh-huh. right? Uh, we uh, the people that lived there because uh-huh. it is a, it is a it is a community that is very close. You uh-huh. basically have all your friends, and you know that's right. You know everybody that oh, lives okay. there, right? Yes, and uh, churches, and so that was basically the main place where when I was little, where we gathered, uh-huh. right? And, uh-huh. and also that's where we. Any any wedding, anything that happened, it was a big thing always, right? 
it's interesting because in uh, you you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I I think that in those types of communities there is not much privacy. So your good things and your bad things uh, are are kind of public knowledge, you know? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it has its ups and downs, right? Sure, of uh, course. The one thing is that you don't get in contact with uh, with people that that aren't Christians. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody takes the Christian life seriously. Right, But, but okay. uh, there are cer- certain rules that everybody goes by. Right. For instance, drinking at my time when uh-huh. I was young, I was about eight. I was about 10 years old when I saw the first drunk person. Oh, really? So it never happened in, in, in our communities uh-huh. at that time, right? Uh-huh. Or or I grew up with where we had uh, uh, electricity that wasn't there, right? Okay. I was about 10, 11 years old when my father, uh-huh. who, had, uh, who had a sawmill at the time, okay. and he bought a generator. And he started oh, wow. to provide uh, electricity for uh-huh. ourselves and yes. our neighbor. Oh, look at actually, that! Actually, our neighbor he pitched <laughs> in to buy the the generator, uh-huh. and and that expanded within a couple of years. It expanded to <laughs> to the whole town, right? And, and yeah. So um, when I was uh, in my early youth. Uh-huh. We very often on the weekend, which was always the big thing, like the youth uh-huh. would get it, right? Uh-huh. But some of us, like me or my older brother, we would have to stay home and watch that uh, generator <laughs> and the motor, right? And uh, so that was for us, uh, that was pretty soon not fun anymore, you know, yeah, sitting, yeah, yeah, sitting at home and ca- taking <laughs> Just, care yeah, of exactly. everybody else, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, speaking about your dad and perhaps your mom, uh, unfortunately, they passed away some time ago. Yeah. Uh, but there might be some good things that you remember about them. What are the good memories that you have uh, of them? You know, good memories or not, I would say, looking back, there aren't many good uh, memories that aren't good. Okay. Good. Uh, my parents were very loving. Uh-huh. They were... I never experienced, or we never experienced that they would. They had ten kids, right? Wow, so that's Inclu- a big problem, including me, right? Uh-huh. So, but we never experienced that they would make that they would have differences between that one would be favored uh-huh. or so, right? Uh-huh. And 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 yeah, in the early years, my parents were never rich. Yeah, okay. They had always enough to eat, and like we never experienced not having food on the table, uh-huh. but we experienced not having always what we wanted. Right, right. right. And uh, and to to work with it, whatever you had to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they were farmers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so from very young on, we worked in a far, uh, on a farm, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to go into the field and... And the evenings were always so so uh, precious. Right after everybody and everything was done, right, and and everybody had taken a shower, we would sit around the fire and just chat <laughs> and and rolled up the day, right. And that was like that is something that I still cherish, right, and and look back to it, you know. Yeah, that, that's amazing, uh, David. Thank you for for sharing those memories about uh, your parents. Well, at some point, for whatever reason. You decided to move to Canada. Were you married at that time? Yeah, we married and we had our two boys the first time. Like we we came to Canada in 1991. Okay. At that time, we still had a little farm. I bought my parents' farm, by the oh, way. After they moved, they moved away uh, to Loma Plata and we, uh, uh-huh. like me and my wife, um, Lydia and I, we bought the, that farm. Uh-huh. And we we stayed on it. But financially, it was always a struggle for us. Oh, okay. Uh, I was at that time already um, a worker in a co-op store. Oh. Uh, which I started with uh, 18 years old. Uh-huh. And, and I worked all basically all my life there uh, in that store, right? Right. But uh, uh, when we bought the farm, uh, there were a couple of years where the drought uh, basically didn't it didn't it didn't uh, produce crops as much as oh, we needed okay. and and i was making about not even 
not even half uh-huh. of what I was paying had to pay on a oh, farm a yeah. year, right? I understand. So I never missed. I never missed a payment. Not a single year, but that meant that we often would have to work almost day and night. Oh, okay. And Lydia, who she came from Canada, uh-huh. and she always wanted me to go and and visit the place where she grew up, right? Oh, okay. So then we decided we would go to Canada for about five years, and uh-huh. we, we came to Canada and we stayed for five and a half years at that time, uh-huh. and we moved back. Okay. Uh, wow. So we moved back for about ten. I think it was ten years, and then we just could not uh, <laughs> hold it anymore. We just felt that it, the place here was better for us than in our family than than there. Right. There is something with migration that it changes you. Right? It does. Let's put it this way: If you're in a gated uh, community, uh-huh. it is you're expected to be a certain way. Right. And 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 it seems that it never changes there. Ah. And okay. when you go out and you go out into a world where where you you learn so much uh-huh. and you you change. Right. You you adopt to the uh, to the area or to the circumstances uh-huh. or to the people that you that you associate with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then when you move back to mingle that with what is over there you're always you always feel like an like an outsider right right um, even though you try hard not to be yeah but any any anything that you that you would say different or or you would act different mm-hmm. it's always looked up on right and oh okay i understand and our boys also at that time they uh, they felt it too in school they felt it and uh, so when they when they uh, went started to go to the university uh-huh. that's actually our second time when we came okay so brad was going to uh, he was going into medicine, mm-hmm. but he had to go to Villarica, which is about 800 or 900 clicks away from our home. Oh, wow. And he would go there for, he would stay there for about three, four weeks, a month. Oh, And I see. then he would come back and, and, and we, we had always been a family that was close together, yeah. right? And that yeah. was tremendously hard on him and also on us, right? Absolutely. So... In 2006, Lydia's dad passed away in Canada. Oh, okay. And at that time, Lydia wanted to come before he died, but mm-hmm. he he had cancer and he he died within a week. And because we had, when we moved back to Paraguay, we said there is no option of us moving back. We're not going to be people that are constantly okay. moving back and forth, right? Right. So we we hadn't even renewed our passport. Mm-hmm. So at that time, when Lydia's dad passed. She wanted to go, and she would have risked it if he would have been alive, oh. even with the with the expired passport, right? Uh-huh. But then he passed away, and we decided, no, uh, we she won't be going. But she promised her mother and her uh, Down syndrome brother that uh-huh. she would come within a year. Oh, okay. And I told her right away when she told me that. I says, Lydia, if if that is you, better. Where we're going to get the money from? I asked her. And she says, "Well, God will provide." I said, uh-huh. "Then you better start praying now." <laughs> so, but within a year, we actually got a check of five thousand dollars from okay. from mother, uh, her okay. mother, and she says, "This is the answer of God uh, of the prayer." Uh-huh. I says, "Well, we could use it for something else." No, she says, "This is the answer right. to my prayer. Uh-huh. We're going." Okay. So then me and uh, Lydia and I, we came to visit for over Christmas. Right. When we left uh, here, we said that we're not going to go back to Canada. Okay. We want, we're, gonna go, we're, go, we're going home, right? Uh-huh. But when we came home, everything changed. Right, right. First, it was Brad who approached me and he says, Dad, he says, uh, in Villarica, the university he was in, it was a Catholic university. Okay. And um, like it is... Uh, it wasn't the main uh, university. The main was in Asuncion. Okay. So whatever happened in Villarica, if there was something that broke, uh-huh. uh, it would never be fixed. And oh. sometimes they had just to do their work, they had to, to wait for days and weeks right. for the instruments yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. get in line, right? Uh-huh. So he says, if, if I become a doctor this way, nobody's going to hire me. Uh-huh. 
So he says, either I have to go to I have to go to Asuncion or whatever. Yeah. And I says, no, I we we can't. Yeah, we're stretched out so bad with our money. Yeah, uh, I can't pay anything more. And it was about it was a lot more money to go to Asuncion. Right, right. right. Normally, capital cities are more expensive. Yeah, and then he said, uh, okay, then I'll I'll move to Canada. Oh, okay. So Harvey, he was in the university to become a teacher, and he had just finished his first year. Oh, wow. And so he says to me, Dad, he says, a couple of days later, he said, uh-huh. like, this was the second bombshell, right? Uh-huh. He says, Dad, he says, I, teacher is not my my job. Okay. I've I have done it one year. I had the kids. I love kids, but I can't I can't do this. Right. So he says I'm going to go I'm going to go either to Ascension to study something else uh-huh. or I go with that with Brad to Canada he says. <laughs> so then I said okay boys and Lydia now it's time to sit down. We right. sat down and we decided okay he says our goal always was to have our family together. Yeah. We did not want one kid to be in Paraguay, one right. kid in, in Canada, mm-hmm. and us in between, right? Yeah, I understand. So, I said, if you guys are serious with this, then we will move too. Yeah. So, this is within two weeks that we came back from visiting here, right? Oh. So, But I says, there's one thing that we have to discuss and that has to be clear. Uh-huh. And that is, if we move to Canada, we sell everything we have here. And okay. we move to Canada, and we stay in Canada. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we're not going to be people that we're. Because any time and every time you you move around, right? Right. You're losing so much money, yes. right? And you're losing your friend. You're losing your church. You're yes. losing you everything. Lose relationships right? too, yeah. right? So yeah. then we decided, okay, we'll think about it. But within within a month, we were trying. We were. Starting already to wow. sell the stuff that we had, uh-huh. right? And we just built a brand new house. Wow. And it was a big house. It was a dream house that we always wanted to build, right? That's amazing. And, and uh, we sold it and we, we could sell it for a good price uh-huh. there. Oh, okay. But over here, it doesn't, it, it wasn't, uh, the money was enough for us <laughs> till we, yes. till we had, till we, till I had work until Lydia started right. her, her job. And so, right. so we had enough for that, but. Yeah, and that's and we came here and uh, never looked back, right? Uh-huh. What a story, David. Thank you for sharing that. You have talked about Lydia a couple of times. So, where did you meet her? You were young when you met her, I, I think. They actually moved to Lolita. Okay. Yeah, they came, they bought a farm there, and uh, that's where, and the youth, that's where we met. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, sh- they were only, I think, about two years there till we married, right? <laughs> it was kind of... Uh, was, yeah. it, was it love to first sight? I think it was love at first sight, yeah, I for think. sure, yeah. We, ever since we started... Uh, yeah, we got to know each other. We uh-huh. we always we never departed, right? We and who made the first move? Tell me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> was it hard for you or not? No, I don't think so. I think we were. I was just happy to finally find a person that I wanted to uh, to live my life with, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love those kind of stories because we don't have many chances to share those kind of yeah. Personal things, uh, especially here at church, you know. So this is a good way uh, to share a little bit of ourselves. You have two fantastic boys, right? Uh, I have the, the chance to meet them both, Harvey and, and, and Brad. In that transition from Paraguay to Canada and then going back from Canada to Paraguay and then coming back here to, to Canada, that in itself is, uh, presents major, major challenges, And one of the things that I've learned in myself coming from Chile to this country is uh, your children um, suffer a little bit. Do you recall any any major difficulties or challenges in raising your boys within this context of moving back and forth? You know, I've been... I, we have talked about this many times mm-hmm. uh, with the boys as well, uh-huh. right? When we move back, Harvey has always been a person that is easier to... To get friends. Oh, okay. And 
we, when we moved back, we made a mistake with Bradley. Okay. Uh, the, I call it mistake, but uh, it was meant well. Uh-huh. He just finished gr- uh, grade six here. Mm-hmm. So he would have been, he was at the age that he could have gone into grade seven. Right? Yeah. yeah. But when we came back to Paraguay, I asked the teachers to put him back in grade six because of Spanish. Oh. And, and so I didn't know at the time that people and and there especially that the boys or or whoever were they could be younger than you yourself uh-huh. but they associated more with the class that they were like that's even even on the weekends right uh-huh. so in doing that uh, demoting bradley the boys that were his age actually were in the in the upper class, like oh, the grade okay. seven, and he was grade six, and he had only there were two boys with him in that class. Uh-huh. And often you would see that even the ones that were his friends from before, they would just neglect him; they would leave sure. him. And um, I always, I always felt bad for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I we talked about it. Brad always says it is okay. Yeah. Uh, but when they came back to Canada this time, it was actually a lot easier for them to find friends here Good. than it was over there. Okay. Except for Harvey. Harvey had such a multitude of friends there. <laughs> and and he moved he went back. He went okay. he went for three months that he after he finished his his nursing degree here. Right. He went to uh, to kilometer to kilometer eighty one. Right. Yeah. And he that's served, the hospital, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh-huh. the hospital there, leprosy. Uh-huh. And he worked there for three months. Oh, really? Yeah, for free. And then he went and he wanted to see, he wanted to visit his friends in, uh, in, in sure. Chaco, right? Uh-huh. And he went there, was it for a week or a couple of weeks? Uh-huh. And he was so disappointed. Oh, okay. Like nobody, they didn't even want to have anything to do with him a lot of them and his uh-huh. closest friends right uh-huh. so when he came back he was completely done uh-huh. with it. and he has yeah. ever since then he he, he closed says that chapter he, right yeah yeah he closed that i chapter. can see that absolutely and and i don't even think that he is he might be in contact with one or two sure but other than that and that's very rarely right uh-huh. Uh-huh. but when they some of the friends came over here they they didn't even care to to get in contact wow. with him right so wow. that's that's just how it is there right yeah. wow david well thank you thank you again for sharing those kind of things uh we are going uh, transition here a little bit okay, okay? and and we are going to change a little bit the the questions uh so i want to know more about you what kind of hobbies do you have do you have any hobby or what do you do in your spare time yeah that's a good question what do i do in my spare time and i have it plenty <laughs> <laughs> but not being able to work i uh-huh. am home a lot right yeah um, let me just remind people that you have an injury in one of your knees and you got surgery a major surgery on your knee so you are still in recovery and it's been a long time and it's a, it's a big thing yeah. You know? No, I had three surgeries already on three. that, that oh same goodness. knee, and uh, now I'm I'm still in recovery, and I'm yes. going to see my doctor on 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 Tuesday next uh-huh. week. So we'll see where it goes. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, I grew up as a very active guy in sports. Okay. Uh, in Paraguay, there were only two sports that you would be, and the major sport was soccer. Yeah, that's and all then, in Latin America. <laughs> and if you if in the times that you couldn't play soccer, uh-huh. it was volleyball, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, but uh, and 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 I I was always involved in that. Uh, okay. First as a player, later as a ref. Uh, I. That's right. You told me once yeah, about I it. Refed, okay. I refed for about 15, 15 years. Uh-huh. I took all the courses with from FIFA and so, but uh, I never went into FIFA because okay. at that time my age was past the acceptance oh, okay. age, right? Yeah, I understand. But uh, there I refed in, in sometimes in the same year. I I know that there was this one year where I refed in four different uh, different leagues to find out. Wow. Like they would, they would call me up or they would uh-huh. ask me and I would go there and... Uh, 
that was and in different places and and the charcoal, right? Do you remember any fun story when you were refereeing? Like what what the players tell you or told you about? You know <laughs> Maybe what? insults, I don't know. Oh, insults were... There's this fun... Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> I was doing uh, a ga uh, game and it was between uh, two leagues. Okay. And it was for... It was called Interligas. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which uh, the 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 guys, like the t the teams that, that qualify and they move up and finally they, they play in... In the Estadio Defensores del Chaco, yes. which is the biggest stadium oh, yeah, in Paraguay, absolutely, right? yes. So, this one time I was between two big teams, and they were they were hard rivals. And um, <laughs> uh, the one the visiting team was winning one nothing, and okay. the, the other team was trying with everything they could just to 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 win the game. Yeah. And if nothing else then embellishing himself and trying <laughs> to get a penalty, whatever it was, right? And I was on a game. I was I was I always because at that time I was in shape. Okay. I would run every week about 30 clicks just oh, to wow. train, right? And uh so it was towards the end of the game the goalie starts to scream and and <laughs> and swear at me from his uh, goal right okay. and I am at the other end so and he says whatever you can imagine he said right okay so I just ran back towards him and he was basically almost in the middle of the field already and and showed him the red card okay now right after that instead of him leaving the field uh -huh. he um just rattled up the people around and everybody you know in in, in latin america we have <laughs> everybody has uh, how would you say the petardos like, yeah like uh, fireworks fireworks that they have right <laughs> and they instead of shooting them in the air they shot them right at us oh my goodness so here i'm standing i'm i'm <laughs> i'm running towards the middle and jumping because it exploded uh -huh. all around me, right? right? And so did the two linesmen came, <laughs> and we stood there. And the visiting team actually came, and they surrounded us and okay. they protected us. Wow! The visiting, visiting uh -huh. team, right? So finally, it calmed down, and and this was already <laughs> in the addition time, right? Because, and so. I had given about 10 minutes because of there was so much time lost. Right. right. So I'm in the fifth uh, minute of the uh, in, in, of uh, this time, right? Uh -huh. All of a sudden, it started again. Everybody was just... And at that time, again, the visiting team came and protected us, right? Wow. So we were standing there for about 10 minutes till finally it came down. And the visiting team was actually a military team. Okay. So they came and they said, you're not going anywhere uh, without us. Okay. And, without uh, protection. Uh, so <laughs> then the other team came and, and, and one of the, the captain actually of the visiting team, uh -huh. he was, he was um, uh, from the military. He was a higher rank uh, okay. officer, right? Right. And oh. I I understand a little bit of their language, which is Guarani, which is yes. the second language in Paraguay. Yeah. So he says to them, he says, of our, our next meeting, we will talk about this one. You guys are not doing your duty. It was up to you to protect the refs. Oh, and wow. you're not doing it. So he said that in Guarani, right? <laughs> and he says, then he turns to me and he says, um, uh, you're not going, not even to your car without protection, uh -huh. right? But as we went out, there was this 80-year-old lady, a native lady, okay. without teeth. And she looks at me and she says, uh, Ref, you suck. You don't know nothing, she says. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I looked at, I looked at like the captain from the, uh -huh. that was going with me. Right. He looks at me and he laughs oh, so hard, you know, and we went out and just then laughed at it, right? But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there are always funny stories. Oh, but in yeah. soccer in, in Paraguay, now you know how it is in Latin, in, in, in Latin, Latin America, yeah. right? There it's, were soccer is a very passionate game. Passion, right? yeah. We had I had all kinds of stuff. I had death threats. I had yeah. people coming with the gun at me. Oh uh, my goodness! The, the military. I uh -huh. would never, never uh, be at a game where there wasn't security, right? Oh, that was okay. like they had to have security. Military right. had to be there, and otherwise, I would not arrive. <laughs> but I also been approached with money that they wanted right. to pay me to right. for them to win the game, and uh -huh. I never accepted it. Yeah, oh, those are the kind of uh, juicy stories we say <laughs> we say in Chile. You know, we, we we like those details, and it's just fun.
Um, is there anything that you like to do at home? I, I've seen you, uh, for example, uh, barbecuing. You, you make very fine barbecues. I, I enjoy those. Uh, but is there anything else that you like to do at, at, at home? I do a lot of food, making food. Okay. You like I to love, cook? I love cook. Oh. Oh, yeah. At anything but barbecue is my special, right? Okay. And then I pride myself in being a good uh, good cook. Uh-huh. My wife sometimes says, well, she has to give it up so that I can do it, right? But uh, <laughs> no, I still want to I still want to go back to work if it's possible, but uh, yeah, no, I do. I do most of the kitchen duty now at home. Oh, nice. And do you like to cook by your own like like alone? Yeah. Or with people around? No, uh, I do it. I rather do it alone. Even even barbecue barbecuing, I I if I started, I w- don't like people uh, helping. You know? I see. <laughs> I'm very particular with it, you know. <laughs> and I'm also very particular how the meat has to be cooked, uh-huh. right? Sure, no, that's fine. Every every chef has his own, <laughs> you know, uh, technique and ways to 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 bake and cook and and, and barbecue. So I I think that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I like to experience with uh, like experiment with with different kind of seasoning the meat and then yeah. you know that is. That's yeah. always fun. Yeah. Um, and what is your favorite thing to do in summer? Right now, it was golfing, right? Yeah. Uh, but it also is great to go to the cottage with the family. That yeah, is, that, is, that would pa- probably pa- even go above uh, golfing, right? Uh-huh. Be there as a whole family with the grandkids. That's just, it's just the best time that you can have. Yeah, Absolutely. And let me change a little bit here the set of questions, but still interested in, in, in yourself. Um, we we have been in a major pandemic. It, it might sound redundant, but it's been something big for us. We we never experienced something like this before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in one way or another, we have been affected by it. Who or what is the source of inspiration for you? around these days i think it's my own family mm-hmm. uh, first of all my sons uh-huh. uh, well my my wife is always there she has been she has been a trooper through all what we went through i with my knee and also with the pandemic she uh-huh. she has been just so amazing right uh-huh. but uh, also brad and harvey um, and and sometimes i know that they're not supposed to talk much and i understand that about what go, things things that go on at a hospital, but sometimes uh, you feel that uh, that they are just down, right? And, yeah, and, and when of you course. Then, when you talk to them and what they go through and yeah. and and how they have been dealing with it, right? And and and, yeah. and, and it's it's it amazes me that uh, what they do uh-huh. for for other people, right? Absolutely, yeah. But they also feel very easily feel that. Like it's a slap in the face from people that just yeah. do not, t- not even give care a little bit about it, oh, right? Okay, okay. Uh, because they they risk their life, and if people that think it is nothing, if they are ill, it's them that even then risk their life for them, oh, okay. right? Yeah, I understand. And and, and for for me. Yeah, my kids, my wife, they uh-huh. are my inspiration. And, and especially my grandson, you uh-huh. know, my, the two of them. Uh-huh. But when I was in a hospital, with, with, uh, at, with, it was for the third uh, surgery. Uh-huh. And uh, then I got a, a video from Bradley. And, and, and it was just, Jesse was st- just standing there. Uh-huh. And he looks at me and he says, Opa. You can do it, and he Aww. put his finger like this. Right? <laughs> that's I just, amazing. I just, I just started to cry. You know, oh, it is, that's and, and beautiful. That's, yeah, no, it's uh, my family is is everything for, to me. At some point, you came to faith in your life. What draw you to faith? I've been, from very young on, uh, uh-huh. God has always been important to me. Okay. Um, I remember 
from very young on that I was I would always read a lot I would read in a Bible I would like songs have always been important to me uh-huh. uh, Bible stories or so right that doesn't mean that I that I found the faith that I was looking for oh okay uh, yeah yeah but through all that 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 uh, that has happened in my life uh, God has always been important mm-hmm. Uh but I com- I committed my life to Christ when I was about I think it was about sixteen or so. Okay, very. At young. that time, I went through a very very tough time in my life, mm-hmm. and, uh, which I won't want to go into details. Sure, now. absolutely, that's okay. Um, but when I when I committed my life to Christ, um, I felt that this was real. Oh, okay. Uh, and 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 I know it was real at the time. Right. Uh, it is. With years that you that you have to grow into it more and more, right? Uh-huh. You realize that at the first time it's puppy love, right? Uh, it's not the faith that you have after yeah. after forty or fifty years, yeah, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But there is a sense, perhaps, of peace or fulfillment. There is something like I, I try to describe sometimes, like a presence. You know that. God is there with you at that very moment. Mm. And it's difficult to explain because it has to do a lot with how you feel, but still uh, it feels so real, so powerful, so majestic at the same time, right? It's amazing. You know, for me, it basically, I'm going to just uh, say, tell one story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was around Christmas time and our choir had a program. It was... Uh, Christ came mm-hmm. and he's coming again. Mm-hmm. That was and and, and and Christmas Christmas was always the time the time for us, right? Okay. So and we were that program was in the evening on Christmas Eve. And when yeah. we came home we after everything settled down we went to bed. And mm-hmm. uh, at in, in Paraguay it was at that time that the the, the youth would always go uh, caroling at night uh, on Christmas oh, Eve. Okay, I see. And that night, I woke up around, it was after midnight already, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a song outside, and I wasn't sure if if that was, if 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 Christ had come or what had, what happened, you know, <laughs> I woke up with such a, with such, such a fear, right? Yeah. And, and oh, I, I always okay. thought it, I would not, not uh, live another Christmas without, without knowing Christ, right? Right. And and that was basically in that time that I committed my life to Christ. And after, uh, let's say, committing to, uh, your life to Christ, uh, when did you get the baptized? I got baptized in that same year. Um, okay. It was more towards the end of the year. I uh-huh. think it was in October when our baptism was. And, okay. Yeah. And what memories do you have about your baptism? I still remember it, if it was, as if it was yesterday. Uh-huh. I do know that we uh, there were a uh, twelve of us okay. in that group, and uh, when I received the baptism, I was so filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh wow! Uh, the preacher when or the, the the pastor when he asked if somebody had to say something, I just got up and I said, "I have received mercy, mercy that uh-huh. I don't deserve." Like the uh-huh. song that we are talking about, right? And yeah, and that is just <laughs> I still see that as if it was yesterday, you know? Yeah. Those are the good memories yeah. that we, we carry with ourselves throughout the rest of our lives, right? Yeah. That's amazing. I still remember uh, things about my baptism as well. Is there any uh, favorite story of the Bible that uh, you have? I always think that um, the story of the 99 sheep left oh. for the one uh-huh. is basically for me one of the top stories that, that the Bible has. Uh, and and the reason for it is it shows that that once you are a Christ, once once you are a child of God, uh-huh. He is not just going to leave you for for any little thing. Yeah, the effort that that Jesus said that this uh, shepherd made in order to find uh-huh. the lost sheep, right? Uh-huh. And the celebration that is later on. Yeah. That for me, uh, and and then there is the so the other second story is the story of the prodigal son. Yeah, that's that. Even similar. though when we think that God, if you take me only as your servant, right, uh-huh. and He still says no, you are my yeah. son. Yeah. And do you have any favorites, uh, favorite hymn or or song, Christian song? I perhaps? could. I have a lot of favorite songs. 
a lot of them, but I, I'm going to mention basically two. One is Rock of Ages. Okay. That is for me, uh, I think that is just such a song. It is. It always moves me to uh -huh. tears, that one, right? And, uh -huh. and then the other one is when you look at, when you, when you, when you really think about it is, I stand amazed in the presence. Oh, that's a beautiful one. Yeah, yeah. when we're going to stand there and yeah. how amazed we're going to be, right? Yeah. Well, you like music. I mean, uh, I remember when I, uh, I came first time at Springfield, you used to uh, sing in a quartet, yeah. right? For, um, how can I say it? Men's, men's, men's quart quartet. Men's yeah. quartet, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you like about it? You know, that quartet had actually been over years already uh -huh. it started when we when we first the first time we were we were in canada okay and uh, over the years it changed uh, members right okay yeah yeah because yeah. i left at one time and yep. then there was uh, was another guy who left but but we always as soon as I, we came back they asked me again to sing and i gladly accepted it right we as as four men we understand each other uh -huh. and we we i think we pull for each other and <laughs> okay. it's just it's such a, such a friendship that we have right sure and uh, i think that makes it special music in general and 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 the connection that you have with god through music is just something deep and amazing at the same yeah, time yeah you can you can let yourself go then right yes. and, and it's just it comes out of your heart yeah <laughs> Well, you have been a member of this church for a long time. How, how did you get connected with Springfield Heights? Uh, the first time we came, um, we had I had my two brothers that lived in Canada. They were both members here. Oh, so you have some connection. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we, um, when we came that time, we lived with one of my oldest brother, who now is in Neverville. So, and we went with them to this church. Uh huh. And we fell in love with the church right away, and, and we always stayed. And now mm. when we came back, it wasn't even a question for us, right? We felt right. that this was the church that we that we would would go to, and we did. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And throughout all these years, in our kind of partnership relationship with, with our congregation, uh, what would be uh, your highlights? How, how our congregation has helped you in one way or another to grow in your relationship with God? We have had different pastors, right? Uh -huh. And some of them um, were more relating to you than others. Sure, that uh, makes sense. I I know that uh, we had some one pastor spe uh, specifically. He he reached out and he would uh -huh. call you. He would even on your birthdays he would he would okay. call you and um, yeah. And he was concerned about your spiritual growth, right? And and I think that that has helped uh, us a lot, right? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. It's encouraging. Yeah, and uh, and then over the years with 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 the services that we did, you get to know people, and you mm -hmm. and you, and and yes, that also helps you. Absolutely. Yeah. But in every family, there are good things and other things that are not really uh, good. There is no perfection. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so if you ref could reflect about the past, and you you would say, you know, perhaps there are a few things that we could handle different. As, as as a family, as a congregation, what would you say about it? I do believe that we we focused for too long on on ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, we forgot about our younger people. Oh, okay, and that has uh, brought us to where we are. Right, right. Because we had our church had um, the pew up uh, up there. It was packed from from side to side with young people, kids. Mm -hmm. And they are all gone, right? Mm -hmm. We failed to adopt to keep them. Okay. And we thought that that it would just, they would stay mm -hmm. if we just live our lives, right? Oh, if we okay. if it have it the way we want it. Right. And I think that is where we, where we as church failed. Uh -huh. we, we did not have, I don't know if we didn't have the right vision for them mm -hmm. or, 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 Whatever it is, we failed to implement changes that would have kept them and that mm -hmm. would have that they would have gotten in our church what they were looking for, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That for me, um, when I look back, uh, I think that is sad that we didn't see that ahead mm -hmm. of time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. I mean, uh, sometimes I feel like uh, um, 
the world is changing so quickly. Let's say let's let's put it this way: religious institutions are slower uh, in in adapting change, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes some time. In taking that time, sometimes we lose people. We lose our younger generation. Yeah, yeah, and that, right? I think that's what happened here. Uh-huh. Uh What is something that you have received at church and? You can say, you know, I feel encouraged or I might feel like I'm learning something. I'm mm. seeing things from a different perspective or or there is something that is challenging me, right? You know, when we came the last time uh, from back to Canada, mm-hmm. we were wounded. Our church uh, in Paraguay was at that time going to a deep struggle. Okay. And, um, and when we came here, um, we found... Uh, uh, we found acceptance. We found uh, that uh, we were that. Uh, I, I I would say we found what we were looking for, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. But that didn't mean that we found everything we were looking for. Sure, yeah. I do believe that with uh, as lately our preaching has become more a teaching. It has become mm-hmm. something where you out of every sermon you. You can take something home. Right. I love the the series that we have. For uh-huh. instance, now about uh, Revelation. Oh, I love that. It one. <laughs> is, it, uh, but also the one that we had about uh, uh, Genesis. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was so good, and it opens up your mind. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the Bible study that we had uh-huh. with you. Okay, uh-huh. it 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 makes. It makes you, when you read the Bible, understand it better. Mm-hmm. It 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 helps you to love it more, right? Yeah. yeah. I know this also has to do with us grow, uh, getting older. Our okay. focus changes more from what is uh, in, on here right. than what is coming, than the future, uh-huh. and up to eternity, right? Right. And and that, um, but uh, the church lately has helped a lot, at least me in growing and my uh-huh. faith and understanding and right. just trusting God, right? Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's part of the beauty of the church. Again, uh, uh, we can't, I wouldn't say that we are perfect. Uh, I, I, I don't believe in perfection, actually, in the sense that uh, we are people, we are broken, <laughs> we make mistakes. So there is no perfect church. And yet, there are so many gifts that churches can offer today to the world, and and one of the things that I, I I highlight from you is just looking at scripture and seeing seeing it in different ways. It's like open opening some windows to a different world, and you you grow in understanding, you grow in perception, you grow in your understanding, and even in your kind of relationship with God. Mm-hmm. At the same time, but but as well you are challenged. Yeah. Uh, so it's all all and. At the same time, you are fed <laughs> by the word. You feel that the word somehow it's becoming more real and it's penetrating your heart, your mind, and and shaping you in new ways. Right? Mm. A question that I uh, very often have thought of and 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 it, and it bothered me is mm-hmm. when you often there are people that are not Christian. Mm-hmm. They can be and they look like they're better than Christians are. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm reading a book. And this book has opened my eyes so much mm-hmm. to what is going on. When Jesus said that the, the the people that, like only the sick people need a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like the, the healthy people, they don't need a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So the church is a hospital. Yes. The church, and, and a lot of people yeah. that come to church, they come yeah. already with with their with their burdens. They yes. come already with a broken heart. They come uh-huh. already with their, well, we don't have that as much, but other churches with their addictions and whatever yeah. it is, yeah. right? Yeah. And when we when we see that even somebody that commits his life to Christ, he's not going to change just with with the, with the switch. Yes, it takes time. Uh-huh. I know how much I have worked on my character to change uh-huh. it, and it's still not where I would like it to be. Right, <laughs> and but I th- there, like in this book, it, it talks about that one. Uh-huh. It says if people that are outside and look better than the Christians, it is because. We don't know what kind of house, yeah. uh, what kind of upbringing do they have. Mm-hmm. They they might have a perfect home at home with, with money and everything, right? Yeah. Whereas a lot of people that come to church, they are needed, uh-huh. needy. They are, uh-huh. you know, and, and that uh-huh. makes me see that the church in a complete different view, you know. Yes. 
It is grace, like my dad said mm-hmm. at his, at, at his uh, deathbed when he was asked, he says, I know that the grace of God is, is sufficient for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is for us all. It is yeah. grace and not, not earning. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that sense of belovedness, that acceptance, as you say before, yeah. right? I imagine that throughout your personal journey with God and with Jesus, uh, there have been moments when you have felt far from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how have you handled those situations, those moments? You know, when, when, I, when my dad passed away, um, I, I went to Paraguay and mm-hmm. I was on his bed, bedside for the last three days before right. he passed. My f- I almost broke and, and together. Like my, my, I, couldn't, I couldn't comprehend it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't just to accept it, right? Yeah. And uh, to see somebody that you love dearly. Yes. Uh, somebody that you trusted so much and somebody mm-hmm. that always was there with his strong hands, okay? Oh, okay. Fade away. That, right. It just did something in me. And when I came back, I, I, I had a lot of problems with, with reading, with praying, with, and, and, and just accepting it, right? Right. But what, we, what I did is I, I had um, a couple of counselors that I saw weekly. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a, for a couple of years, okay. I now le- I have stopped doing that, but it has helped me a lot. It has helped me to to read the Bible different, to see mm-hmm. God different, mm-hmm. and to just that God really is the Father that He mm-hmm. says uh, the, the the Shepherd that He says that He is. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, and on that story also the story of the prodigal son, uh, I. One of the one of the counselors gave me a book about that one. Okay, and and we went through it. Uh, it was written from a, a Catholic priest, I think, Newman or whatever his name is. Newman, Henry 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 Newman. Newman. Yeah, yeah, he writes about that book and uh, about that story, right? And the way he sees it and the way he explains yes. it, and yes. and and that just it helped me a lot. Okay, uh, and now with my struggle health. Uh-huh. Um, it has been books and prayers, and and also a lot of it had, has helped me is the the Bible study that we uh-huh. had, uh-huh. the first one and now the second one right. too. It is just great. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, uh, I'm very glad. Yes, David. What can I say? It's been a, a pleasure to be with you today. Have this conversation. To me, it's important for all of us as a congregation to to pay attention to these stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, to listen to ourselves, to look a little bit to ourselves and say, hey, there is more than meet the eye yeah. among um, ourselves. And, and I think that's the beauty of having this space uh, and where we can have this type of conversations. And I hope that our people uh, at Springfield Heights not only enjoy these conversations, but us also, um, they feel that we, we are still a community united by, by Jesus Christ. United by the one who rescued and saved us and has a better future future for us as well. Mm -hmm. So, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. And, uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, it can be a blessing to somebody, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of uh, Yours, Mine, and Ours, because we believe that we are blended family (laughs) coming from different paths and, and backgrounds. Uh, but the amazing thing is we can have the opportunity to listen stories of faith and hope and resilience and much more. Bye. Thank you, God, for calling me. Thank you, God, for calling me into your community. Thank you, God, for calling me. Thank you, God, for calling me.